welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and thankfully the only Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, here we are again, and this is uh, going out live just as we talk, right? Live streaming at jerryspringer.com. Also live, we think. It's the second think? time we've done it. It worked yeah. the last time. So Should I can no longer lie about where On I Facebook am. Live. Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Uh, video, live, live streaming yes. there. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, a little bit later, Jerry's going to talk about, uh, I, I consider it controversial, occasional articles that make these comparisons between Donald Trump, the nominee now for the Republican Party for president, and Adolf Hitler. I mean, it's an extreme yeah, they comparison. Talk, they've been in some and real we'll publications in, right. talking about fascism and, you know, is he moving in that direction? Yeah. Is he the modern day Hitler? Well, we'll, t- so we'll, yeah, get into we'll talk that. about it. And also, uh, we have David Fall uh, performing tonight. David, we yeah. wanna, he'll be uh, doing a couple songs later on. Yep. And check this out. We're going to talk to Jesus Noguera Yay. from Cuba, from Havana, Cuba. We met him when we were in Cuba. He was our guide and translator. And great we have guy. a, yeah, he a new segment called Ask the Cuban Socialist. And people have sent in email questions, and we probably have some of our own. We're going to be bringing him on shortly. Um, I'm also in this sort of introductory phase of the podcast tonight, embarrassed to say that when I went to look for new material, a new joke, I, I do show prep. You do show prep. So you yes. prepare a joke for each show. I go and steal something <laughs> off the internet that looks like well, I probably won't get creative. sued by anybody. Google something. Yeah. I yeah. Google something. But here's what I found, Megan. What did you, what's What'd your you new find, joke? Gene? And Megan, and I was embarrassed for you and me, but I found <laughs> that there are a whole bunch of Jerry Springer jokes. Oh, my God, I never even thought yeah, about that. I mean, that. how many ways can, can this guy him? hurt the culture? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I never really thought about that. Are, are there really? You could what? go right now onto your phone well, and don't just tell say, people that. Well, absolutely I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> you mean jokes of, jokes that I make? There, no, jokes, there are jokes, jokes about just, you. Just, no, not necessarily about you, but just jokes that are associated with the Jerry Springer brand. Oh. I mean, it all starts with, you, Megan, knock, knock. Who's there? Yo. Yo who? Yo mama. But I mean, that's not a Jerry Springer joke, but that <laughs> no. leads into one. That no, leads into one. one. And what's this one? Well, this one is. Who's there? Ho. <laughs> no. No? No. no. But it's like. Yo ho. There's oh a joke God. on the 43 internet. 43 Jerry Springer jokes by professional comedians. Rut row. Really? Yeah. You see? <laughs> yep. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and there's one. Uh, Do they have to you pay know, me? <laughs> I guess not. Yo mama is so big that she could be on Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake at the same time. Whoa. I mean, there's an example of what you'll Ooh. find if you go into those jokes. And that's dated by that every way you slice it. They're insensitive. Insensitive? What if they hurt my feelings? Oh, well, I don't know if anybody's worried about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> but, and so, at least I did some show prep. And, Jerry, uh, I know you come prepared. I know you've come with some new material. So now we're going to turn the spotlight and the camera. Well, I don't have you. any new jokes. I mean, we were talking the other day, and this in joke, I, you know, my parents, they, well, they didn't. I, I was never sure that they really loved me. And I wasn't a good-looking kid. I'm not good-looking now. But as a kid, I was really, I mean... 
my mom had morning sickness after I was born. Oh, no. no, it was really bad. <laughs> and I, I remember I had a first yeah, job. Though. One of my first jobs when I was in high school, I worked at a, <laughs> at a pet store. Really? At and people store. kept coming in and asking the owner if I would get any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was terrible. This is one night my parents. No, <laughs> one day my parents took me to Coney Island in New York. Really? Great amusement park in New York. Place. And I got lost. You know, and I lost him. And I was a little kid, so I started crying, of course. And then I saw some security guy there, and I went up and I said, I've lost my mommy and daddy. Could, could you help me find him? So he was nice. He took me around, and, and I asked him, do you think we'll ever find him? And he's, I remember him saying, well, there are only so many places they can hide. <laughs> This is so, it's amazing That's, is a word. I was like four. <laughs> hey, and when you were a, a, a young boy, you yes. were poor, as I recall. I, I was so was. poor, my parents couldn't afford to have any kids. The neighbors had me. <laughs> I mean, to tell you what, it's really going somewhere tonight. <laughs> what is, and is this, is, this is on video? People it sure is. Yeah. Wave, yeah. it's right Aren't there. Aren't you so poor you couldn't afford to pay attention even? Oh, hey, um, no, no, look, look. <laughs> Look, here, here's the thing. Um, we have, uh, well, we have several things going on tonight. We're going to talk to Jesus, and let's actually set that up a little bit. Do you remember, Jerry and Megan, we went to Cuba? It's only two weeks I ago. How I, old, I have a recollection. How old do you think I am that I can't remember Bad that two weeks ago I went be to too Cuba? Sure. Do you Never remember be too that sure. time? Yeah. yeah. Where was that? Cuba. And, yeah. and so we went to Cuba. We did. And we had a heck of a time. It, it was, was wonderful. Phenomenal. It was amazing. Great trip. And um, we organized all that through. We, we teamed up with, hired an organization in New York City called the Center for Cuban Studies. Right. And we should recommend them, too. They're, oh, they were they're easy to find Excellent. on the internet. They're very yeah. good. They really know what they're doing. It's a nonprofit organization. And so they're one of their subcontractors, I would think, was... Um, Jesus uh, Noguera, no, Noguera, or Noguera, if you're Noguera. not trilling the R and speaking American. Yeah. And Jesus, and Jesus is really Jesus, right? It is. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was really good, yeah. really a fun guy, knowledgeable. Yes. Uh, Very knowledgeable. Just sort yeah. of knew as much as we knew, and he was from not our country, but he was just, and that had never been to America, tried twice. Yeah. You remember that? Yep. To go to America. Can't get a visa. And he has not been able to get a visa. So it's not that Cuba won't let him out. It's that America will not give him a visa. And when we asked him about that, he says they never give you a reason why. Right. Whether it's random, whether it's numbers, I don't know. But nonetheless, um, but he, he knew so much. So what, what we did is we created this segment called Ask the Cuban Socialist. Yes. And so we're going to have Jesus on, on a landline. We're calling all the way to Cuba. Jerry and Megan, you know this, but Jerry sometimes lags a little bit behind on this sort of stuff. You don't have to shout. Right. It's a Even long if he's distance far call. away. doesn't <laughs> matter. You can talk in a normal voice. So Why, be able to does hear the you. wind have to be blowing in that direction? It's irrelevant. It's all electronic. <laughs> Sort of, he's amazing. not lying. He's not. Yeah, thanks, Megan, for he's corroborating. Not, he did, did not believe yeah. you. Can yeah, you yeah. get it on this phone? No. Yeah, he's holding up his flip phone. About uh, they actually will give you money if you go into Verizon to take those off the shelf to get them out of They're circulation. They're not just free. They'll give you twenty bucks if you'll take really? one of those. I can get twenty bucks. Yeah, you sell that on iPhone, Craigslist. <laughs> 
So we got some questions, and I'm yes. just going to run down these. We're going to uh, call up Jesus Nogueto. Why don't we do that, yeah, David, let's and do get that. him on the line? I'll give you a, some examples of some of the uh, questions we've gotten. I'll give you um, the first one here. We've gotten them from all over. We put the word out, and the bat signal really worked, and we got questions from one from San Francisco, one from Orlando, Florida. Here's one. And you're going to give him the question. Going to give him the questions when we get him on. I got one from uh, Stanford, Connecticut. And he's a Cuban socialist. Interesting. He's a Cuban socialist. Well, if you're Cuban, you're going to be a socialist. Well, uh, well, you know, it's going to be one of the questions. Are are people um, still communists or have they moved over towards socialism? Well, we're going to ask him about that. And and the percentage of people who are... uh, who, who are members of the Communist Party who right. live in Cuba. That's an interesting question right there. Is yeah. it everybody? Is it a few? Um, but anyway, we, so we have questions from Cook, Minnesota. We have, uh, I'm sure we're going to have some of our own, too. So, um, in oh, fact, okay, listen, we yeah. got it. Hey, Seuss, hello. Hey, hi. Hey, hey, Seuss, Nabuera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm happy How to are be you, with you. We miss you. We do miss you. We want to come back. Thank we... you. Yeah, please. I miss you too. Come back. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll be there Thursday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> hey, it's good to hear your voice, Jesus, and uh, good for all of us. It's great technology. So we're um, welcome to the Jerry Springer podcast, and we're here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky a place where we will take you when you come to the United States, yeah. because I'm sure yeah. one day that will happen. And, uh, but hey, Seuss, we love that you're doing this with us, and we may do it more than just tonight. We'd like to, you know, maybe make you a, an occasional crew member. And Casey Campbell's in the house, too, but you've whoop, got whoop. Megan on a microphone, Jerry Springer, Hi. me, Gene Galvin. Yep. And uh, maybe yeah. we'll... We'll start off with, uh, we have some questions that uh, have come to us, and let's just start with one, and it'll give you an idea of how we'll do this. Uh, This comes from Ellen from San Francisco, and she says, America has a homelessness problem. That's true, isn't it, Jerry and Megan? Yes, that is. Jesus, if you come to the United States, you will see... Uh, and by the way, that America means the United States because it, <laughs> oh, there's Central America, South America, yeah. and North so America. So there's a homelessness problem. And is there one in Cuba? Um, thank you, Helen. Well, uh, not really. We don't have that major problem in Cuba with homelessness. Uh, the the uh, government have a guarantee for everybody a, a house to stay. And... Uh, it is true, housing is a major problem in Cuba. There are many generations living together. But when you walk up and down the streets in Havana, you don't see that problem as you could see in the United States. No, it, it's not a problem. Not really. That is true. And isn't it true, I remember you talking to us about it, that everyone has a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, the people there actually, and they don't have a lot of money, obviously, but they even they own their own home they actually that is correct and there are a few obviously and there are some that rent yes sure uh more than 80 percent more than 80 percent of uh the houses in cuba are privately owned when i say privately owned it is that they uh belong to the family 
they belong to uh, an owner. And uh, if you're not the owner of a house, if the family is not the owner of a house, they they have to pay uh, uh, less than 10% of the income of the family uh, for a number of years. When they pay the uh, value of the house, the house becomes a private payer's house. We don't have to pay rent for the house. We don't have to pay anything else, just the value of the house to the bank. And that could be in 5, 10, 15 years. It depends on the money you pay every month. But when you do that, you are the owner of a house. You are allowed to sell it or to uh, swap your property for another house. That is the most common way in which Cubans can get a new house. Also, uh, Cubans can have two houses, but few Cubans, in fact, have two houses. One could be one is in the city, and the other one could be either the countryside or on the beach. And that, that's, uh, that's the low in Cuba. Wow. See, now that's it's something like probably lot, m many we uh, can't people conceive in the of it here in America. That, right? that, that every citizen that. has a home, and over 80% of the Cuban citizens own their own homes. If you don't yet own your home, you're in it and you pay rent, but the rent is never more than 10% of whatever your income is. And you keep paying... No, no, that to, to the bank, we don't pay rent. We, we pay like a mortgage. A mortgage. We pay the value of the house. I see. Uh, yes, you, you pay rent when you don't have a house and you pay rent to a... Uh, private individual, another, uh, uh, an owner. Who, but that is a very small percentage of Cubans. Right. What the uh, largest number of Cubans is doing is to pay uh, the value of the house. And uh, when you pay all that, then you are the owner of the house. And that, according to the law, the money you pay to the bank has to be less than 10% of the income of the family. Okay. Wow. Right. Uh, that's very interesting. Also, here's another question uh, from Orlando, Florida. What's the effect, uh, Jesus, of the U.S. embargo on the average Cuban? What, what would you say the uh, the effect of that is? Uh, the the um, effect of the embargo in Cuba uh, is it's big. It's big. Uh, just uh, take into consideration that the uh, largest uh, number of Cubans living outside of Cuba are living in the United States. So there's so, still today, there's so many restrictions, for example, to send money to Cuba, to wire money to Cuba. Uh, there are many, many restrictions. Uh, Cuba wants to open uh, a business. It would be very difficult to get um, uh, a loan from the bank to get credit for the bank. That doesn't exist. So basically, uh, you will need someone abroad to support your business in Cuba. Um, there are so many uh, limitations in order to uh, receive money, for example. That is one of the uh, many points that I could mention now. Okay. Um Jerry, if you have other questions, too, that pop up that come to your mind, jump in, and Megan as well. We've got mm -hmm. a couple more that have been sent in. Okay. So uh, the question then is regarding the embargo, uh, I assume, therefore, that 
overwhelmingly the people of Cuba would like the embargo to be dropped because the people are the ones that are suffering because of this embargo, right? In other words, I you, agree. Yeah, you want the embargo done away with. And from those of us who are, you know, in a sense, campaigning or urging our government to stop the embargo and President Obama has started to move in that direction. We need the Congress to vote for that. But the embargo has no purpose anymore because it, it obviously hasn't worked. If the initial goal was to change your government, well, it hasn't worked. You still have the same government, still the same people in charge. So the view should be, why are we punishing the people of Cuba? You haven't done anything wrong you know so we need to stop that here but that's what the campaign is here in america what is the big issue there's still some people who want to keep it but they're still fighting you know 50 years ago the cuban missile crisis or whatever or bay of pigs but it has no purpose anymore it's not like those of us here in america are worried that cuba is going to invade america you know, what is the purpose? We recognize China, and we do business with China, and China has a communist government. So I, I, I don't even understand what the possible reason could be for keeping an embargo anymore on Cuba. I don't think there is uh, uh, any reason for the embargo. Um, but, um, yes, there, there is a sector in the... Um, U.S. Congress nowadays, Cubans uh, who went to live in the United States right after 1959, and uh, they, they are powerful. They, they represent that mentality in which Cuba should be punished for, for the uh, nationalization process. If the embargo didn't work, well, why don't they try something else? So, Jesus, it's Megan. How are you? Oh, I'm Megan. How are you? I'm uh, fine. Thank you. <laughs> so, quick question. What is the one thing that you wish that there was more of in Cuba? Oh, for sure. Many um, more economic opportunities, mm -hmm. um, better infrastructure, uh, better access to the Internet, better um, communications, and... Uh, I would like to see a boost on food production, for example. I would love to see a renovation of all buildings, not only in old Havana, but all along the country. Uh, I would love to see that. Yeah. And, uh, Jesus, there was an article on the New York Times that a uh, number of us read, uh, I don't know, four or five days ago about four uh, guys from Cuba who built a sailboat secretly, then sailed it across the water to uh, Key West, and, um, and they made it. Because the, the, rule the rules are, if you're picked up by a uh, Coast Guard cutter, they bring you back to Cuba, correct? But they made it. So here's the question. Is it possible for people to leave Cuba freely? And if, it, if the answer to that is yes, why do some, even as recently as last week, take the chance of coming across an open body of water in a boat? Can you talk to us about that? In 2013, the um, um, migratory policy uh, changed in Cuba. 
QOs before 2013 uh, needed a permit from the Cuban government to travel abroad. That doesn't exist anymore. Cubans now, they only need an entry visa to the country that they want to visit. Also, they need money, they need a passport, and uh, to travel is expensive. Uh, in the case of the United States, it's, uh, as I said before, uh, the largest Cuban community abroad, and there is also uh, a major attraction. Uh, it's called the Cuban Adjustment Law. Uh, no better, uh, wet food, dry food. Cubans are encouraged by that law. If Cubans go to the uh, U.S. Embassy here in Havana to ask for a visa to visit the United States, uh, it is very common that they are denied the visa. They are not granted a visa to go there. So um, it's very common to see Cubans living the country to Central America nowadays. Many Cubans are afraid that that law I mentioned before is going to um, disappear. And uh, that, that is the uh, way in which many Cubans are solving their problems nowadays. There is a big economic crisis in Cuba nowadays. And many Cubans are solving their problems with the immigration. Okay. Um Hey, uh, hey, Seuss, thank you very yeah. much for doing thank this. So and by much. the way, uh, the, we, we came to Cuba as part of sort of a people-to-people exchange. And uh, what we're doing tonight, and we may do it again in the future, yeah. uh, is all part of that. So we want to give a round of applause yeah. to Jesus Nogueta. Thank you. Oh, wow. And thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And let's keep talking, Jesus. We'll be in touch, yep. and uh, we'll do more of this, okay? Bye, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you all. All right. Absolutely. Bye-bye. And by the way, and we've said this before, and he's actually gotten some contacts from people uh, through our podcast, but if you're planning to travel to Cuba, he's a professional and certified uh, guide and translator. Yeah. Yep. And so he's somebody that if, you, if you're going to Cuba and you want to have somebody who is guiding you, translating for you, you don't have to have that, but if you'd like that, just email us through jerryspringer.com, gene at jerryspringer.com. Gene is J-E-N-E, and I'll uh, happily uh, give you his Yeah, we'll put you in touch. He was. He was fantastic. He really was. And honestly, you should try to go now because yeah. in a couple of years, the place is going to be, once they open up, you know, uh, travel between the two countries, you know, they're going to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. uh, by American tourists. I mean, that's the truth. And uh, it's going to become, and that's one of the things, by the way, they're a little scared of, is they are so proud of their culture. And, you know, once you start getting all the American tourists down there, you know, they're going to be building big hotels and all that. And after a while, honestly, it's just going to look like Miami Beach South. Mm -hmm. And uh, they worry about that. They don't want their culture to change. And so if you want to see Cuba as Cuba is untouched... Now's you know now's the time now's the time to go. So you know who's in Pretty control cool. of that problem you just laid out is are the Cubans and mm-hmm. the Cuban government. Yeah. And I've been reading some of that too, that worry, but they seem to be pretty adamant about we're not going to let that happen. You know, yeah. we may expand. Yeah. You just heard Jesus say that 
what, Megan asked a great question. What do you wish there was more of? He rattled off a lot of things. Infrastructure, yeah. absolutely. Like, like yeah. somebody who's uh, puppeting for the Cuban government. Right. He's just a Cuban guy that wishes there was more infrastructure and better communication, yeah. internet, etc. The unstated thing, without getting into that whole debate, or not debate, discussion about it, though, but the unstated thing is that, bluntly put, as an economic model, communism doesn't work. And so the way communism gets saved is only when they start bringing some free enterprise in, which is why they want the embargo lifted so they can get some investments from overseas. It's what's China doing. It's basically, except with the possible exception of North Korea, every communist society on the planet Earth has eventually started to bring some form of free enterprise because that's how you get the economy moving again. That's not to suggest that there aren't real problems with capitalism and all that. So I'm not trying to stir a debate here, but, you know, they've had communism for 50, 60 years, and there are severe economic problems there. And you can't say it's just because of the embargo, because if you say that, then you're admitting that you need capitalist investment in order to make that thing work. What you need is a, co a combination. Well, you know, Jerry, and we remember this when we yeah. studied it. We all went to college. Uh, the, the three you of us. You went to Xavier. My, <laughs> yes. But the <laughs> socialism, yes. which is probably what Cubans say they are. Right. Now, there is a communist party. Right. Right. But remember, in 1961, when Fidel Castro, before they went to Playa Giron, which is yeah. what we call the Bay of Pigs, Fidel Castro, in the center of Havana, we saw the spot, yeah. announced that they were starting a socialist government. Mm -hmm. Those words get used interchangeably, but right. there's a huge difference right. between communism and yes. socialism. Yes. And just in a quick nutshell, socialism is a mixed economy. Yes. You control the big driving forces of the capitalist system, Yes. Things like transportation, banking, etc., cetera, uh, utilities, etc. But there's intended to be running room for small businesses. You just can't have big businesses. Yeah. You can't have a franchise. So there always was, but it's growing under Raul Castro. Right. And they're it different really forms. is expanding under him. And they're different forms of socialism. So you can have socialism that you have, let's say, in Sweden. Right. And then there's socialism that you have in China or in Cuba. And the difference is that in the kind of socialism you have in Sweden, there is political freedom. There's political democracy. And what Cuba has not had, to be fair, uh, or China, is you don't really have political freedom. And that's what the difference. So the politics are different. The economic system, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Communism. As speaking to the economic yeah, system. On the economics, you're absolutely right. Socialism is the means of production owned by the government, but you can have private enterprise. Communism is the government owns everything. And that's what the difference is. But the political freedom is what separates, yep. you know, what life is like, really, in, in those societies. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, and we've got something coming up, and, and we have been doing this now for years on this podcast, for the, all the years we've been doing the podcast. The, we have, the year. We the have, year. Uh, Singular. Yeah, it's, you, you're me. only one letter <laughs> off. <laughs> But we, we oh, have Gene, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> we have this promotion called Would You Like to Date Megan? And we've had numerous people contact. Oh, my God. Some from afar, <laughs> some nearby. And yes. uh, luckily tonight, 
uh, and I've made contact. He made contact with me a month or two ago, and uh, a gentleman is here. I'm going to use his first name when we when we actually do this, and he'll decide. Tell us when he comes to the mic yeah. if he wants to use his last name because you never know. I mean. He's not married. We've edited it. Thank Megan. you, Gene. That's a, and, and <laughs> That's a big step right, up. Because right. one of the first people we had here. The first out, one. Not only was he married, he brought his wife. With him. With he him. sure did. I mean, that yeah. is. So, so we started asking that question, did we, gentlemen? We were rooting for him, but Megan said, no, not that, doing that. That is my show. That is yeah. your show. And we're not using this as a recruitment base for your show, sir. Well, it would make it tax deductible. <laughs> Just throwing that out there for the business plan. <laughs> Uh, before we do that, though, I wanted to ask you something, Jerry. Yes, Gene. This situation, <laughs> these articles we've seen, oh, right. this drumbeat of, you know, is Donald Trump leading us into a, a fascist direction? Is he a re, is he Adolf Hitler reincarnate? Uh, what, and you have some pretty interesting thoughts on this. I've heard just a little bit of that. Uh, talk to us a little bit. What's your analysis of that attack that some make? Well, the, the do you for, make it? Yeah, the, the first thing I would say is, is this isn't something that the three of us just got together. Hey, let's talk about Trump being like Hitler, you know. Uh, There's seriously in, in very serious publications from New York Times or whatever um, and magazines, um, the issue being raised about Trump possibly being a racist, uh, certainly appealing to racists and, uh, you know, is this, are we moving towards Adolf Hitler, or is he the next Hitler, or whatever? Let me say, just from my point of view, first of all, there are many reasons that Donald Trump should not be the next president of the United States. Uh, you know, he's the first, as I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, at least for the last hundred years, we've never had a candidate from a major political party run for president who was against the idea America, and Trump is. Trump wants to replace, in a sense, metaphorically speaking, the Statue of Liberty, get rid of that, and instead have a wall as the symbol of America. Uh, you know, no Muslims, um, get rid of the Mexicans, deportation and all that. So everything that is absolutely against what the Declaration of Independence was all about. So he is very anti-American in terms of the notion that America, remember, is an idea. And he's the first person ever to run for president from a major party that is against the idea America. So that's a reason to vote against him. Also, in fairness, he could be the nicest guy in the world, but his lack of knowledge about government or how the world operates, you know, he has no experience in it and he has no knowledge in it. And you see that when they try to ask questions and he gets all blustery and everything so he doesn't know it yet doesn't mean he couldn't learn it at some point but he doesn't know anything about that at this point and frankly he's a little bit unstable uh anyone who disagrees with him he goes after and just r rudely and just like a junior high school kid in the schoolyard i mean just really embarrassingly brutalized and you so you, when i say unstable you can't have this kind of a person with his finger on the nuclear button. And he gets so angry at people that are against him. What happens when other countries start saying bad things about us? As they inevitably do. That's what world politics is. Are we going to start a war with every country? Are we going to go to war with Mexico? You know, he talks about he won't say that he won't use nukes. So are we now saying he's going to get rid of ISIS? Are we dropping a nuclear bomb on ISIS? Where exactly does that bomb land? 
And do you think when the nuclear bomb comes down, the atoms seek out ISIS members and go around someone who's not a member of ISIS? I mean, it's just so ludicrous, but it's so dangerous. So this presidential election is different because this has nothing to do with Republicans versus Democrats, liberals versus Republicans. We've always had that. And let's have that debate. But this isn't a liberal against a conservative. This is a liberal against we don't know what. I mean, there is no political ideology with uh, with Donald Trump. It's all personality driven. So there are a lot of reasons that you can't have this person be president of the United States, even if you're a diehard Republican. You know, you got to love your country first before you love your party. And just as Democrats have turned on their own, when we had a candidate that was way outside the mainstream, Republicans have to be willing to do that too. Having said that, we lose the common sense of this discussion once we start equating Trump with Hitler. Please pay attention. No one is Adolf Hitler. Got it? Nobody. It just discredits. It, it, it dehumanizes. It makes a trivial anything that happened in the 30s and the 40s. Donald Trump may be absolutely incompetent to be president of the United States, but he's not Adolf Hitler, okay? We don't have stormtroops. You know, we don't have concentration camps, death camps. So let's, because as soon as you start raising that as an issue, no one's going to listen to you anymore because that's obviously so stupid. Trump should not be president of the United States, but he's not Adolf Hitler. Trust me on that. I know what Hitler did. Okay. Now, but why does this discussion even get raised? Because Trump is doing something that history has shown dictators ultimately follow. In other words, there's a lesson to what he's doing. I don't know if Trump is a racist because how do I know what's in his mind? What I do know with empirical evidence that he is appealing and using language which appeals to people who are racist. So understand, not everyone who votes for Trump is a racist, but every racist is for Trump. And you look at it. Banning the Muslims just because of their religion. Deporting Mexicans. 11 million of them. Not being able to disavow for quite some time David Duke. Saying, I'll pay the legal expenses for the thugs that beat up on some of the black people that are at his rally, even if they're protesting. Saying, I'll pay for your defense. Every white supremacist group that has stated an opinion in this election has endorsed Trump. All the websites that are these racist websites that people weren't going to, all of a sudden, Trump has given them cover because he can talk in a language that they get. And now all of a sudden they feel empowered. That's what I mean by he is giving cover to people that are now racist can come out of the woodwork and support someone who will follow a lot of the policies that they want. Damn them Mexicans. We don't want them Muslims. Turning America into a tribal society. Now, here's where it gets ugly. We've had racists before. 
let's be fair. 50, 60 years ago, it was the Democratic Party that gave cover to racists, Southern Democrats. Why do you think the Democrats won every office in the South for almost 100 years? Because the Republicans back then were viewed as the party of Lincoln. They were the ones that wanted to do away with slavery. The Democrats were the opposition party. And the Southern Democrats, that was the party that if you were a racist, doesn't mean every Southern Democrat was, but if you were a racist, you could be very comfortable voting for these Democratic senators and congressmen. And then along came Barry Goldwater and along came Richard Nixon and the new Southern strategy. So starting in 1964, 1968, for the first time, the entire South voted Republican and it's been Republican ever since. Why? Because Lyndon Johnson pushed to pass the Civil Rights Act. And so now the Republican Party became more of the cover and you wind up with someone like Trump right now. But here's what happens. When times are tough, and this is not just in America, this is throughout the world, when times are tough, someone will inevitably want to seek power by seeking a scapegoat. When times are tough, people get angry. So right now, we hear on every news program you watch, whatever the network, boy, time, people are angry. The voters are angry. That's why they're voting for Trump. They're angry. It is normal that in tough times, people get angry. I'm losing my job. My wages aren't going up. I can't get health care, whatever the reason. People get angry. So someone decides, I'm going to run on this anger. But that's not enough. If you only run on the anger, the people will eventually get tired of you because you don't have any solutions. And the truth is, a lot of what people are angry about now, there are no quick solutions. If there was, someone would have thought about it already. You know, globalization. It's good for a lot of people, but it's also bad for a lot of people, those that are losing their jobs. So there are no quick answers to any of this. But they're angry. So you don't have any solutions. You've got the anger. You build on that, but that's not enough. And this is where it becomes dangerous. If you can combine that anger that people have with something that's positive and makes them feel good, now you got something. And what is that? Patriotism. This is what all the dictators in history have done. Somehow, you find a scapegoat. You get the anger, and you look for a scapegoat. The scapegoat is invariably a minority. Obviously, you wouldn't have a majority being the scapegoat because that'd be most people. You'd never get their support. So you go after a minority. It could be racial minority, ethnic minority, national or cultural. Some minority. And so Hitler went after the Jews and the same with Stalin with the pogroms. And Hussein went after the Shiites. You find some minority in your culture or racial minority, and they're the bad guys. Because now the whole majority says, aha, they're the bad guys. And now what you do is you wrap that anger that you have, you found a villain, even though it has nothing to do with the problem, and you wrap it in patriotism. They're not one of us. And now you can feel good about your racism. You can feel good about your anger because you're... By God, I'm an American. 
let's make America great again. And you use the positive feeling of patriotism. We're all standing up in the seventh inning, singing God Bless America. You get that patriotism and you wrap the flag around the scapegoat of those minorities that are causing the problem. Get them damn Mexicans out of here. Them damn foreigners. Keep the Muslims out. So you have anger, which is natural because things are bad. You've created a scapegoat, which is a minority. It's an easy opponent to go after because they're a minority by definition. And to make you feel good about it so you're not ashamed, you build patriotism around it. That is what Hitler did. That is what Stalin did. That is what all dictators do. Love of country gives them the right to say, we don't like you, minority. You are the cause of our problems. And then the leader doesn't need to have any solutions anymore. Because now you're loving your country. We're going after the bad guys. The danger is where you cross the line is at some point, these leaders have to calm this anger. Otherwise, there's chaos. And more often than not, that's where it becomes militaristic. That's where it becomes more of a police state. You have to start showing some muscle. If all you're doing is saying they're the bad guys and you're not physically doing anything about the bad guys, you lose your support. That history has shown. First, they're troubled times. Then you look for a scapegoat. The scapegoat is always a minority. And then you wrap it around something that is positive, that can make you feel good and not guilty about that feeling, and that's patriotism. Play the music, get the troops, and start playing tough. That is the scenario which scares people about Trump. And that's why you see these articles. And I'll close with this. Yesterday, for those that are watching live, we had Memorial Day. And all of us honor those young people who just, the ultimate sacrifice, gave their lives. Lives were taken in support of America. The question that everyone has to ask, including those who run for president, and including the Donald Trumps of the world. You give a speech honoring the veterans and honoring the people that died on Memorial Day. My question to a Donald Trump is, how do you explain to their families what exactly it was that they died for? If you don't believe in the idea America, how dare you take their lives or let their lives be taken? You've got to first believe in the idea, America, or you can't justify the price that these people paid. Shame on anyone who is against the idea, America. You owe these families a lot. Right. That was good. That was good. Hey, and and uh, watch my show. It's on every day at 11. <laughs> Uh, so we've been doing this uh, promotion. Megan, I'm going to call it a promotion. Is that what it is? Of the podcast. 
And you have to trust uh, have you Jerry ever and Gene. A promotion? <laughs> no, no. So the promotion is: Would you like to date Megan? We've had a whole bunch of candidates from all over the country. And Robert, uh, we have uh, Robert with us tonight. Let's give hey, a round Robert. of applause to Robert. Ooh. Robert, hello. Hello, thank and you for having me. Robert, uh, should we use your last name or? We'll go with Robert for right now. <laughs> we'll go with Robert. Hey, we'll I see don't how blame it goes. you, Robert. I That's don't blame idea. you at see all. I've asked them if they could take my last name off this thing <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. stuck. <laughs> Well, I, anyway, he's been staring at you the whole time. <laughs> he's terrified. So <laughs> it's you. He was staring at Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So the the situation is uh, we have on our website JerrySpringer.com, uh, over on the right hand side, prominent. Uh, it's button, the big blue square. A <laughs> big blue square. Would you like to date Megan? Very we subtle. Had, we had a number of contestants. Here's how it works. We uh, vet the person, and uh, we're, we're still figuring out, Jerry, whether Megan gets a say in who she goes out with. You know, I, I'm no. not sure we should uh, no, let her. That would be pure capitalism. I can't we're, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're I'm right here, and I can hear you both. <laughs> yeah. so, and the government will decide who you go out with. Dear God. And here we're the government. <laughs> no, go and the winner, the winner will uh, get a date, and the date will be a swell dinner at a great place Covington, Kentucky, not far from here. Yes. And uh, the Jerry Springer podcast will pay for it. That means Jerry will take out his checkbook and uh, pay for the meal. And uh, my wife and I have will be... Have a big breakfast. We'll so be like... I don't want to spend a lot on this dinner. Yeah. Be like uh, European chaperones. We'll, you know, in the Godfather. Remember, you we'll and walk. Bonnie are going yeah. to accompany. And I'm going to have a GoPro on my ball cap, and we're going to video it's this. It's the thing every thing. young woman dreams about, really. <laughs> That's right. It truly it is. It does sound like fun. <laughs> right. I could see you wanting to go out with him, but having Gina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, Bonnie mitigates. Bonnie's a nice Bonnie person. does she, help. Bonnie's lovely. She is. She's a lovely woman. Okay, so welcome, Robert. And thank you for, yeah. and look, by the fact that Robert contacted us and said, hey, I'd like to come down and participate in this, there are no guarantees yet either way. I mean, people have to meet each other. You yeah, know what because I'm you could decide you don't want to go yeah, out with Yeah, or not be associated. You don't want to go out with him. These are all true things. Yeah. <laughs> all so, true things. Robert, tell us, please, a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Cincinnati boy by birth. Been here all my life. Uh, high school, I went away for 14 months. I went over to Germany during my junior year of high school. Wow. Um, graduated from high school and went to North College Hill. Which right. is not too far from Sort of here. a suburban yeah. Yeah, suburban high school. Good school, and, um, good neighborhood. And later I attended Miami University and ultimately graduated. Oh, you're from Miami School. Yeah. Miami yeah, University, Oxford, Ohio, yes. I take it, versus yes, Miami, correct. Florida, but it's correct. a great school. They call it the Harvard <laughs> of the Midwest. Yeah. Miami University is a very good yeah. academic school, great place. Okay, but let's listen to this. Now, He's I want to know what kind of questions oh you've gosh, been asking. Yeah. Now, did they ask you any questions at all before you came down here this evening? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you for your candidness. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gene, I mean, yeah. this is not unlike well, the we're, business we're plan. Now. We did ask you to, to breathe. And once he we breathed, did. He's he breathing. Breathed, he's yeah. breathing. Look at you. Jerry's like, my job here is done. I've yeah. got nothing else. Done. So have um, you ever been married? I have been. Okay. Do you yes. have kids? I do. Now, these are Thoroughly. questions, gentlemen. Pay attention. See, the I never thought of asking that. <laughs> Didn't think it all the way through, did you, yeah. So you have How been many married. Kids do you have? I have been. Let's Two. bring her on <laughs> out. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's a TV. <laughs> that's, that's inappropriate. It is inappropriate. Well, hang on one second, Robert. Would it matter uh, 
clearly, Megan, you you drew the line at a married couple wanting to date. You. Correct. You drew the line. I there. did. I thought you that drew was... the line. If yeah. a couple of women have contacted yeah. us. Which side of the line were you? <laughs> <laughs> you drew a line. There was a line. <laughs> Megan, is it a deal breaker if a guy has been married? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. No. Is no. it a deal Kids breaker if a guy has a child? No, not at all. No. no. Kids are fine. Ex-wives are fine. I don't want current wives. Babies yeah. under, you know, a year old probably want to stay away from that situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. All right. Um, and um, <laughs> Robert, what? Now, see, this is a question Megan would ask. I'm starting to think like Megan. This is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? There we go, Gene. I do a, <laughs> a lot of reading. I'm a confirmed true crime fanatic. Ooh. I read a lot of true crime very interesting to me. It always has been. Have you Anything ever committed in- true crimes? <laughs> <laughs> now, no, see, that yet. is also an excellent question. Thank you. Not yet. The lawyer in the me. Lawyer. Have you ever- Isn't it true <laughs> that on <laughs> November say- 3rd... <laughs> Have you ever is watched... Is this the most awkward thing you've ever been through in your life, Robert? <laughs> this is, this is pretty it? awkward, yeah. No. Okay. Oh. No, no not, not close. I'm close. Okay, all right. Have you ever watched the Jerry Springer TV show? I have a few times, yes. Oh, yeah. Back so like in your college days? Yeah, around that time. This is being on. taped. Yeah. Yes. Early on, <laughs> yeah. early on. Early on, sure, because he's reformed. Right. Early on. Right. And, and you are currently one. No. You're employed because you started a new job. Again, we don't need to identify the company. Oh, he's employed. Okay, employed? yes, I am. I, I am employed. I'm recently I made a career change. I work in the heating and cooling industry. Okay. And I've worked um, in financial services before that, and Ooh. before that I worked um, in another business that served homeowners. Very cool. He's moving okay. up. Yes. He is. Yeah. Very cool. See that gentleman yeah. employed, not yes. currently married. These are all the things. Yes. Very good so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Through no help of your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a decent human being I thus see. far. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, you probably have your own car. You probably drove down here. I do. Okay. Yes. So not you the Ludlow City, City bus. bus. <laughs> Came here. Yeah. Yeah. One day okay. it's going to be a <laughs> That's why he was very late because he, he couldn't. Was taking the... He's waiting for the bus. Yeah. He was now, a very you... simple car. Nothing and you fancy. do actually there listen. There you go. Toyota Corolla. Oh. A, a Toyota, Toyota Corolla. Corolla is a good car. So, but, and you actually listen to the podcast. I do. Like yes. for real. Well, yeah. thank you. So yes, there he is. There's the audience right. that we've been looking for. Now, Jerry. What's wrong with you? No. No. I think he's a finalist, Jerry. Oh, it's very my, my gosh. Yes, I think he's a finalist. I yeah. think he's, I think, here, here's but my... But if there's a finalist, it's got to be someone he's competing against. <laughs> so far, we've got... Yeah. You so can't far. Be, can't be the only one who's a finalist. Well, he's right, now he only, he's right now he is. Right now he is. Finalist. He's not no. married. What? <laughs> he's not married, so... No, he's yeah. not the only finalist. You're we doing probably great. have four or five finalists. The problem is no one is not a finalist. We're going to have to take this <laughs> offline because I don't know about those other four finalists. Hey, Megan, I've been talking to people. I'm yeah. doing much better so far than I thought I would. Yeah, I think oh, it's going great. great. I think it's yeah, going no. great. So, You're fine. It's these so two the I'm deal is, with. We <laughs> will... We, I have your contact information. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, and, now, to be oh, fair, does, do you have any questions for me? I mean... Yeah. You, what do you like to do? I, I, I told you what I like to do. Um, I read a lot, a lot of tri- true yep. crime, like that stuff. What do you like to do? Do you read? Do you? I do. I'm an avid reader. I just finished Girl on a Train, actually. A girl at work told me about it. Oh, I loved it. It was such a good book. book. Yeah. yeah, we'll be right such. with you. That was <laughs> such a good book. Yeah. Well, I actually yeah. read it twice because there's yeah. two of them. There's a girl oh. on a train and the girl on a train. But yeah, no, I oh. read a lot. I like yeah. history. I like yeah. history theater, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Are you originally from Cincinnati? I grew up in northern Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yep, this is really weird. I've never had this conversation in front of a bunch of people before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is weird. I never thought that we should have him ask you questions. This is good. Yeah. This is good. I never thought of that. Yeah. Never. I tell you what, your mind is just... Yeah. Yeah. Megan, do you have any pets? I do have a pet. I have a dog named Colonel Fitzwilliam. And he's okay. what kind of dog is that? He's a Cavalier King Charles. He's my buddy. Okay, oh. he's five. Robert, yeah, but do you, you have okay a pet? with dogs? Oh yes. Yeah. I don't. I like dogs. I grew up with dogs. I have a cat. Okay. As a practical matter. Pretty allergic yeah. to cats, though. Person, I gotta uh, tell you. Well, yeah. being a single, you know, a cat is pretty allergic to cats. Lower maintenance. You are. Oh, so you're severe. saying he has to get really rid of allergic cats. to cats. Yeah. So so the cats, cats gotta go, even yeah. to be considered <laughs> to be a finalist. Does he have to kill his cat? Yeah. Wow. We're well, here. No, no, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we just no. got a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Just That's a he- heads up. Cat. She's not coming over. Uh, well, well, she's the allergic. The cat can go into another room. I just have, you know, have to throw it out there, like severely allergic yeah. to cats. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about the hair? <laughs> That's good couch. to know. It's, well, I mean, that's, I don't know what his cleaning habits are, so I would assume that Megan, one are there any other medical things you want to talk yeah. about? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> with you too. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I want to discuss yeah, medical yeah. history with the both of you? Um, uh, what else? <laughs> if I say itch, what comes to mind? <laughs> what? Hello. <laughs> hey, I think this is this is great. I think that we could, we could <laughs> have a winner. No, 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 no. We'll no. see. We'll no, see. No, we'll no see. We, this is... Uh, but you're, a, you're a nice guy. No, hey, thank super you very nice much, Robert. You're a good sport. Let's hear it for Robert. Yeah, Robert. That is great. Uh, we will keep the audience apprised of because it, this is uh, something that's been going on for probably six years now. We in the business call now. Evergreen, right? It's Evergreen. <laughs> yeah, this but, could replace American Idol. Oh dear yeah. God! <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to ask uh, Dave Fall if he yeah. would come up here. Dave, hey, Dave Fall, come on. A uh, folk singer, I've got to call him a yeah. folk singer. See, he might identify himself as that or uh, maybe another roots music category, but heard him a number of times because he does a lot of performing, a lot of places, but including at the Folk School Coffee Parlor. Uh, and he is our musical guest uh, this evening, and I'm going to ask uh, David to uh, lead us off with a song, if you would. Great, thank you. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. No more sad songs I'm putting on my happy face I'm putting on new clothes and hitting the town tonight That'll show my alright No more drinking Well, maybe just one more before I go Maybe just one more to kill some time Just one pour to be fine Ooh, I'm tending in the garden of Eden I tend to dig my feet and grow new roots again and soon we'll wait and reap harvest Plant again in the darkness Grow new roots again 
no more remembering Cause I'm teaching myself to forget And I'm finally learning how to forgive Finally learning how to live Ooh, I'm tending in the garden of Eden And I intend to dig my feet Grow new roots again. And soon we'll wait and reap the harvest and plant again in the darkness. And grow new roots again. No more sad songs Look mama I'm putting on my happy face I'm putting on new clothes I'm hitting the town tonight That'll show them I'm alright No more remembering Cause I'm teaching myself to forget And I'm finally learning how to forgive Finally learning how to live Ooh, I'm tending in the garden of Eden And I intend to dig my feet And grow new roots again Plant again in the darkness Grow new roots again Grow new roots again Grow new roots again David Fall, uh, spelled by the way, F-A-U-L, and that's important because you can find his music at davidfallmusic.com, F-A-U-L-music.com. Latest CD is live at the Red Barn. And uh, by the way, David not only performs at the Folk School Coffee Parlor here in Ludlow, Kentucky, but he also does lessons, guitar lessons, I'm assuming here, right, right David? And uh, if you get in touch with the folk school coffee parlor, uh, see if he has some slots open. Would you do a second song for us? Definitely. All right. Appreciate it. Something's gone missing in my life. Could be I'm missing you tonight But I've grown tired of all this waiting And I'm wondering That if I was wrong I guess it maybe means that you were right and I wanna run free Like I am young again 
wanna shake this dust and shed my skin Someone that I can hold on to And it could even be Someone like you and it goes dark and cold In the morning When I'm waking When I'm wondering if I'll ever Finally find a way to kill the blues I wanna run free I am young again Wanna shake your dust You stained my skin I wanna know how it feels Learn how to fly Gonna crack the code That unlocks the sky And shed my skin. I want to know how it feels to learn how to fly. I'm gonna crack the code that unlocks the sky. Music.com, fall spelled F-A-U-L. Good, good job, David. Would you take us out on Irene Goodnight Absolutely. and uh, let Jerry Springer sing a verse with you? Be unbelievable. Last Saturday night I got married. Me and my wife settled down. Now me my wife have parted I'm gonna take a little stroll downtown You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in the country And sometimes I live in town Sometimes I take a great notion To jump 
in the river and drown.